Welcome to Cavalier Central, bringing you everything you need to know about the wine and gold. Hoop Heads Nation, we appreciate you listening to this episode of Cavalier Central with Justin Matcham. Be sure to check out these other basketball pods on the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, including Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards with Matt Collier and Marlon Guild, and our other two team-focused NBA pods, Grizz and Grind and Nuck if you buck. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoop Heads podcast, featuring the best minds in the game from grassroots to the NBA. Hey everybody, welcome back. I'm your host, Justin Matcham. Joining me today to talk about the 2K ratings for the Cavaliers, the new 2K21 just dropped, are Zach Weiss from the Sportitude podcast, as well as Across the Cavs, and Amadou So will also be joining us from King James Gospel. But before we get into that, I want to talk about something that the Cavaliers are joining in with, a virtual summit called Team Up for Change. The Cavaliers will join the Sacramento Kings, Milwaukee Bucks, Minnesota Timberwolves and Lynx, the WNBA team in Minnesota, the Indiana Pacers and Fever, and the Mavericks and Wings of Dallas. It will take place on October 21st, and it will be followed by a week of local events, community engagement, and digital content. The live stream will feature speakers and panel discussions focused on police accountability, brutality, and criminal justice reform economic empowerment, diversity and inclusion, and civic engagement. The Cavaliers in particular will be focusing on voting, economic empowerment, law enforcement, and education during their local engagement opportunities. In a statement from Cavs CEO Len Komorowski, he said, we continually seek to unite, inspire, and activate not only in Northeast Ohio, but nationally as well. The opportunity to team up and collaborate with the NBA, other NBA and WNBA teams is welcomed and also provides another platform for our community to engage in critical social justice conversations and education. This topic is bigger than basketball and efforts such as this are vital to making progress and creating sustainable improvements. Further details on this whole thing on the agenda and the registration will be announced in early October when we get new details about that, we'll be sure to share them here. But we're going to get into it now. Zach, Amadou, how are you guys doing? Good. How are you, man? Great to be here. I'm all right. Amadou? I'm doing great as well. You know, happy to be on a pod once again. Love having you on. So we'll just get right into it. Starting with Andre Drummond, the highest rated Cavalier. He is an 85 overall. Zach, what are your thoughts? Yeah, Justin. So first off, good for Andre. Obviously, you know, it was a tough, bit of a tough transition. Only played eight games for the Cavs. A uh, bit injured, injury prone, but it's a guy who's going to get out there and he's going to dominate the boards, hence his high rebounding rating. He's become a better shot blocker, so that's going to be up there. I'd love to see his three-point rating go up a little bit. I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. Now, there's a lot of mismatches with ratings across all the teams, but Dre did drop from an 86 from last year. I like it, though. I think Andre's deserving of this. He's a very good big man. He's got all the fundamentals that a lot of centers don't have these days, so I agree 85, and maybe you'll go up to an 87 or 88 by season's end. An 88 would be fantastic if we could see him get up to that. His archetype is a paint beast, I don't know if you guys saw, but he recently got LASIK eye surgery, so 
I think we should be seeing that uh, floor spacing big by the end of the season. <laughs> Maybe free Amadou. throws, too. Yeah, that'd be great sure. for the Cavs. <laughs> Amadou, too high, too low, or just right? Um, 85, I would say that's about just right. Personally, maybe an 83, I feel like we'd be better, but I'm not, I'm not, you know, 85 is fine. That's, that's a great rating for Andre. Yeah, I, I was fine when I saw that. Moving on to one that I am not a fan of, Kevin Love is stuck down at an 82 overall. Personally, I think he should be up two or three overall to either an 84 or 85. Archetype is a three-level score. Zach, too high or too low? Yes, I don't. I don't think Ronnie likes Kevin Love because my, my go-to team right now when I play 2K is the 15-16 Cavs, and I think Kev is only an 86 on that team. And, and during those years, he was 20 and 10. I mean, yeah, Kevin Love has his ups and downs. I don't think there's too many guys in the league, and we all love Kevin in Cleveland. I know I don't. I speak for everybody here. He could put up 25 and 15, just as likely as he might put up 10 and 5. Sometimes he has off days. But when Kevin Love is at his best, I mean, I agree, Justin, 84-85. He makes the three. He's one of the best passing power forwards in the game still, whether it's an outlet or just uh, moving the needle pass, threading the needle, rather. So, I mean, I don't get it. He's got a post game, a three game, free throws. Uh, What's the knock? Why is he so low? Amadou? It's interesting also in 82, I, I feel like that's pretty low. Again, I feel like he should be closer towards Andre Drummond, I believe. Um, but just looking at his ratings here, of course, outside shooting is going to be great. And I'm looking at his ratings right here, a 73 for draw foul. And we know Kevin Love. He's good for, you know, a couple uh, mid-range baits, you know, that we see, you know. Yes, those pump fakes almost every game. So I feel like a 73 draw foul is low. But you guys really hit it on the nail. You know, back then in 2015-16, he was an 86 overall. He was good for a 20 and 10. And his stats haven't even decreased that much. So in 82, I feel like that's kind of low. Thank you, Hamadou. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Here's an interesting note. Kevin Love, 82 overall. Hassan Whiteside, 83 overall. (laughs) Whether it's increasing Kevin Love or dropping Hassan Whiteside down about six overall, something needs to change here. (laughs) Yeah, that's... uh... Yeah, Hassan was an 87 to end 2K20, while his pal Nurkic was, I think, an 83. So, first off, flip those to get Nurkic up after his playoff <laughs> performance. But on the Cavs, yeah, I mean, if you're going to drop Hassan, I mean, Hassan used to say, I'm just trying to get my 2K rating up. Well, now he's saying, <laughs> I just want you to put Kevin Love's 2K rating up. And I think we need to say that, and then, then he'll listen. Yusuf Nurkic is an only an 84, and Hassan is still an 83. Yeah, so, interesting there. Yikes. We'll move on to Colin Sexton, the scoring machine archetype at an 80 overall. Zach, too high or too low? Uh, too low again. Um, and I know we're, we're not, I'm not, we're not just going to play Zach, tell me why he's too low for every single player, because I'm going <laughs> to agree with some, but... Colin Sexton was an 81 in last year's game. Obviously, he's going to be a two-guard more in last year's game. You know, you could still play him at point guard. He's more likely to be a two-guard now. But give him an 83 at least. I mean, he's just a guy that's going to get you buckets. I mean, if you play 2K, and I'm sure we all do here, what I will say is I kind of picture Colin as a less of a knockdown version of a Lou Williams in the game. He should be rated higher because he can – get to his spot he can make the catch and shoots also his speed in itself 
should put him higher. He's faster than Lou Will. That's just the kind of guy I compare him to because I think that's the, that's what he can do as a scorer. And in the video game, he should be a little higher to match him. But I, I, I think that an 80 is a fair spot for Colin right now. I think that's still, you know, an 80 is a good player, but you're talking about, you know, Lou Will. Lou Williams is only an 81. I think that okay. looking at some of the players in Sexton's range, you got Al Horford, DeJounte Murray, Laurie Markkinen, Julius Randle, Josh Richardson, Serge Ibaka, Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart should be higher than an 80. But yeah. Dennis Schroeder, Evan Fournier, going down the list. I think that looking at the guys around him, he fits in with that group. And I think you know maybe you could make a case to bump him up to 81. 83 seems a little bit high for me. Amadou, where did you have him? Where would you have him? I would bump him up to like an 82-ish. I mean, for a 20-point-per-game score, 80 is... It's kind of low, in my opinion. And one little tidbit, looking at his you know, statistics, only a 75 driving dunk. Now, we've seen Colin lay the boom on the rim plenty of times, so I feel like that should be bumped up just a bit. But, you, you, you know, I can't really cherry-pick the stats. I feel like, you know, an 80, he's a second-year guy. At the end of the year, I feel like we'll definitely see that go up a lot. Agreed. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Note to add, uh, Amadou, I think that whenever the Cavs are playing the Bulls in the game and Wendell Carter goes to block him, Colin's dunk rating <laughs> should go up to 100. Oh, yeah. It should go all the way up. <laughs> he deserved it. And then we can hear all the way up, I'm all the way up, 10 times like in the song, and, and we're set. We all right, set. moving on to the fourth highest rated Cavalier, glass cleaner archetype, archetype Tristan Thompson coming in at a 79 overall. Um, we'll start with you on this one. Too high or too low? Or just right? I feel like a 79 is just right. I feel like that's just right for, for Tristan. I mean, you know, he's... It's a guy that, you know, the things he does maybe doesn't show up in the box score as much. You know, a great leader, uh, just a great teammate to have. Defensively, I feel like, you know, he's up there. You know, his rating is, I'll, I'll say, you know, it's pretty good right now. Rebounding, of course, that's, you know, that's going to help the stats. Um, 79 is good. I mean, I like it. Zach? Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not about to say he should be higher, but I will, <laughs> I will say <laughs> – Tristan started to develop his jump shot, so when you play with him now, you have more of a jumper than he used to have. I mean, I feel like this was his rating uh, roughly while uh, LeBron was away for those, his first couple years of his career, so he, he'd worked his way up to this. I mean, 79 is fine. Uh, he could be higher. I just think that we used to watch Tristan as Cavs fans as, all right, man, set your screens, get your rebounds. And we watched him this year and last season as a guy that, okay, you can give him the ball, he'll give you some offense. So I just... Knowing what we know about him as a player, because he's no longer limited to just being the rebounding guy, he deserves to be higher, but I will definitely settle for 79 because he's still going to be an A-plus in all the rebounding. So Yeah, I agree with that. I think you could probably make a case to make him an 80, but I think a 79 is appropriate there. The next guy on our list, Larry Nance Jr. coming in at fifth, interior finisher archetype, 79 overall. I'm going to start with this one. I think that a 79 is too low for Larry Nance Jr. I think Larry Nance is becoming one of the more underrated players in the game. Looking at some of the guys in 81, you know, he's he's joining a pretty good group there, but you know, Michael Porter Jr., Mitchell Robinson, you know, Derrick Rose, Lou Williams, Jared Allen, Kelly Oubre, I think that Larry Nance deserves to be 
at least in the discussion with those guys. Now, coming from a bench role and, you know, being in Cleveland, that's not, you know, the place to, to get noticed by national media and by whoever's making the ratings over at 2K. But I think a 79 is, is too low for Larry Nance Jr. Zach? I'm actually okay with this one. I, I like all the points you made and the players he surrounds because as Cavs fans, we look at Larry Nance Jr. as this six seven, six eight guy that can play a lot bigger than his height. He can cover anywhere from the 3 to the 5 position with, with equal dominance. I mean, he's not an amazing defender, but he's good at covering all spots. We saw him dominate at the small forward spot next to Love and Tristan for a good stretch. I mean... He's got a three-point shot. Whenever I play with the Cavs, I make sure to get a couple of games. It's hard in these games to make them now, but he still does. Um, I'm okay with this. I mean, 79, I think, is also generous because I don't think that the national media understands how good he is or the ratings committee, for that matter. So for him to lock in the same as Tristan and right behind Colin, I'll gladly take that as a W as a big Cavs fan. Fair enough. Moving on to number six. Offensive initiator archetype Kevin Porter Jr. coming in a big drop off here, seventy five overall. Mm. Amadou, we'll start with you. Mm. I feel like that should be that should be a little higher. You know, I don't want to say too high, but if he can get to that seventy seven range, I feel like in the second half of the season he really turned it on. You know, he really did. Um, he started to you know find his game more and more. Seventy five is low. That's low. Wow. Um, but I feel like for him right now, I feel like that's a, obviously that's a good rating. Um, a 75 for a second-year player who, you know, looking at his overall stats for the season, obviously they didn't jump out, you know, the window or anything. But he really did turn it on in the second half. Um, I don't want to nitpick, but a 75, I feel like 76, 77 is where he should be currently. Zach? Yeah, I'm, I'm with that completely from Amadou. I mean... And he, this is ridiculous. I think it was a 73 to end last year's game. I mean, we're going to talk about the guys after Kevin Porter Jr. and who's below him. And, I mean, he came in here as uh, the last pick of the first round. Cavs acquired him, a couple picks, and he was fantastic. I mean, he's not a superstar by any means. not even a star by or anywhere close to it. But he's capable of being a big player. And I think the reason he's so low is because his average performance is only about 10 points and three assists, a couple rebounds. So I think until his numbers go up on a consistent basis and not just that let me flash it all every couple games, then then it'll change. But I just don't like it because of the guys we're going to talk about now being right there because I think he's better than a lot of these these players already. So. Yeah, I, I, had, I had KPJ as a 76 on my list. I think a sub, I think a 75 76 is fair. Again, he's coming off his rookie season and it was a good rookie season, but he's one of those guys that I think by season's end he, he could be in that, you know, pushing 80 conversation at least. Yeah. But as of right now, I think that a 75 is okay. I still think it could have been a 76. But we'll move on to three-point specialist archetype Jetty Osmond also coming in at 75 overall. Zach, we'll start with you. Hey, guys, uh, good news. I finally agree with the rating. Hey, <laughs> drop the confetti. <laughs> no, uh, I, like, I like Jetty a lot. I agree with the 75. I think he's a very average NBA player. Uh, you know, his ability to make the three I think is very underrated because some days he might make zero and other day he might make six. 
Whenever I watch the Cavs, I'm very excited when they set him up for looks because I feel confident he'll knock them down. I'm not very good with him in 2K. I think the most points I've had with him is maybe 13. He's usually on my bench 10 games in favor of Larry at the 3. But no, I'm a big Jetty Osman fan. I like the 75 because <clears throat> there's no disrespect on it. I think they're putting him where he is. You know, he's right between a C- minus and a B- minus at that even C, 75. So, you know, I, I like it a lot. And he could go up. I think he might even go down next year because we don't know what his role is going to be. But to start, I like this 75. Amadou? Um, I agree with Zach. I mean, I feel like the overall and the archetype are, you know, it's it's pretty. He was forty percent, I believe, near on three point percentage. And uh, unlike high Zach, thirties, I think high thirties. Okay, okay. And unlike Zach, I do not use Jetty in NBA Two K Twenty One at that. Uh, I more like to use Kevin Porter Jr. just because I feel like he has better animations. But okay. I mean, if you like Jetty, you like Jetty. I play Porter at the two, move Colin to the one, and because I'm not good with anyone mm. else on the bench, I let Darius run the second <laughs> unit. I like the speed. I like the speed in that backcourt. I like the speed in that backcourt. Yeah. That's great. It's yeah. the note fatigue isn't an issue, and you're playing against guys mm-hmm. who want to use the $64, $65. Bucks. Oscar can't keep up with Kevin Porter. <laughs> Come on. <man. laughs> all right, well, yeah. Jetty seems to be one that we're all agreeing with at that 75. That seems like a totally fair rating. Moving on to deep-range shot creator Darius Garland coming in at a 74. Amadou, too high, too low, or just right? I mean, don't quote me on this, but I believe last year he came in as a 74 also. I mean, in his rookie season, let's be honest, he didn't really show much. Even though, you know, he was injured, you could say. So I feel like 74 is good. But one little funny tidbit, Tristan Thompson and Darius Garland have the same mid-range rating at a 70. So, uh, yeah. Really? Yes, they, they do. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't work for 2K. You know, I'm, I'm not the one who can hire you better. now to get this right. It proves how much how much effort two K puts in. Yeah, those, those so I, I don't know stats. about that, but I don't think he stays at seventy four. So I think it's, I, I think seventy four is good. I think it's Russell Westbrook has like higher like defensive stats in two K than like Tory Craig and like a bunch of other like elite defenders yeah. who just aren't as good all around players. Uh, that just that, that just shows how much how much effort they put into those little stats. <laughs> I just don't know what goes on, you know, with the ratings guys. So, yeah. Zach, where are you at with Darius? Yeah, so uh, just – yeah, all those guys, by the way, before I get to this, I'm not going to go on a tangent, but like uh, the Tory Craigs, the even the, the Wesley Wondus, the guys that you only know as defenders, they never get any love in these video games. They're guys that you can only play for short stretches because they just don't give them any offense whatsoever. But I'm all right with the 74. I think Darius – I disagree with Amadou that Darius proved nothing. I mean, his numbers weren't great by any stretch, but we do have to understand that they only had a month under Bickerstaff, so he's still learning. John Beeline liked to space out the minutes of Colin and Darius, so Darius is basically playing the first four minutes of the first and then getting a break, so he wasn't able to play long stretches to get those early numbers because a guy like Garland is probably going to do a lot of his work earlier in games where tighter game, less pressure... Nothing to think about but taking the shot. And then later in games, you know, Darius doesn't score as much. But I'm all right with this 74. I mean, what is he? He didn't show us a ton. I mean, I don't like that he's tied with the guy we're about to say next because he I was, barely, I was just about to get to that. Yeah, yeah I'm not going to say his name. I'll leave that for you. But he <laughs> barely played in the league. No disrespect. He's an NBA champ. Barely played in the league. Why are they the same? I mean, 
Darius Garland's three is the only Cav I can green with besides Larry Nance Jr., I'll say that, but get it right at least. If, if you're going to put the guy below him at 74, maybe you need to up everyone on the Cavs by two to even it out. Well, one thing that we know is that 2K likes to highly overrate below average big men. At least that's something that I have found. You know, a lot of those really, really bad centers or just mass centers always seem to get love from 2K with, you know, mid to high 70s ratings. Jordan Bell, our next on our list, comes in as the ninth overall player on the Cavs at another 74 glass cleaner archetype. I, I Somebody who is almost out of the league as a 74, Jordan Bell, I, again, just it, it shows you how much effort they put into some of these ratings. Quick side note, we're not going to cover them too much. But Ante Zizic is also a 73, somebody who's actually out of the league. And we're going to get some guys who are on the Cavs and who deserve to be on the Cavs this year that are lower than him. So Jordan Bell, I had him as – let's see, where did I have Jordan Bell? I had him as a 71 overall. Amadou, where did you have Jordan? Um – 74 is high. I'm just going to put it out there. 74 is really high for Jordan Bell. You you hit the nail right in the coffin. I mean, a guy who's was so close to being out of the league and then the Cavs, you know, give him a chance. He's an NBA champion, though, so I guess that does mean something. But I believe these rating guys, like, they just have to know these players. These players are hitting them up, you know. Make my rating good. That, that's what this <laughs> list is telling me. But at a 71 or 70, I feel like that's for Jordan Bell, sure. You know, but I'm not going to, you know, speak too much on his rating. I just believe it's it's kind of high. You want to know another one just before we get to you, Zach, real quick? Another rating that is way too high, someone who was out of the league the entire year, who is tied with Kevin Porter and Jetty and everybody else on this list is going to be below him. Jamal Crawford is a 75 overall. I like Jamal Crawford. I really do. He's fun to watch, but... Are we really sure that, that Jamal Crawford is a 75? Uh, he had Kevin s- Porter Jr. and Jetty are also 75s. Uh, Jamal Crawford played one game this year. He lasted five minutes before he hurt his hamstring. Six points, three assists. I think he was on a good... Uh, a two points, three assists? It doesn't, his, his per 36... I think he hit a three. He hit a three. He hit a three. His per 36 from that one performance this season makes it worth it. That was monstrous, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I guess... <laughs> I guess take away everything I just said. Then. He deserves, <laughs> wow. like, an 85. But, uh, Zach, we'll get to your thoughts on Jordan Bell now. Yeah, so I guess Ronnie and co. think this is the Jordan Bell that the Bulls paid the Warriors $3.5 million to take. He has a chip on his shoulder, and everyone's like, this is Draymond 2.0, yo. I mean, <laughs> I like Jordan <laughs> Bell. I do. I think he's a very good passer for a big man. And in the short stretches we saw him in Minnesota this year, he showed that. Uh, but... His game clearly declined. His minutes went way down last year with the Warriors from the prior year. They were giving the minutes to Damian Jones and co. over him. Uh, I don't like the 74. Yeah, he was barely in the league. But it, it, honestly, I'd probably make Jamal Crawford a 72, which is what you make most guards that haven't played in a year that still have it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't like this, Jordan. Why is he tied with Garland? Darius Garland's trying to break into the NBA, and they're giving a guy that's washed-ish. I mean, I hope Jordan Bell has a great year and earns this rating, but I don't need, I, 
And he's not. Is he a lock to make the roster next year? Or is this just a, a partial guarantee? He's, he's not. He has a. He's a non-guarantee. Yeah. So he might end up as a free agent. They're gonna give. Is he gonna stay as a seventy-four if he hits the waiver wire after zero minutes? <laughs> Come on. Probably because two K loves these. I don't have any examples pulled up, but they love their below-average big men. They love to rate them in that that. 75 to 77 range when they should probably be 72s and 71s. You know what? Jordan Bell is no exception. My last note here, I I, I would I don't have his rating, and I'm sure you can pull it up later. Udonis Haslam has played like 50 games in the last five years, and I bet he has the same <laughs> rating as Jordan Bell. <laughs> he probably does. You'd have to look it up. But um, it's, it's probably higher than it should be. Yep. Leadership. Moving 20%. on, another one that I strongly dislike, floor spacing slasher archetype Dante Exum coming in at a 73 overall are we really going to put Dante Exum who has proven himself I believe to be a legitimate backup point guard behind Jordan Bell Zach we'll go to you no I don't think we should I mean I'll be I'll be honest I don't I think Dante Exum is a backup point guard on a 25 to 31 team look I like him a lot that game against Minnesota this year was one of the most exciting mm-hmm. moments of my uh, twenty of year. It's been a weird year. We know that, but no, get get him higher. Dante Exum is a mediocre three point shooter, but he can make it. I like the floor spacing slasher because I feel like they 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 can easily get some of these archetypes very wrong. But yeah, man, put him up one or two. I mean. His defense, I use him as much as I can as a, as a primary defender on my second units because of his height as well. I move him up one, one or two. I'm not mad about it, but he, he deserves a little bit of a raise. I had Exum at a 75 alongside Jetty and Ooh. I guess Kevin Porter, even though I thought Kevin should have been higher too. Okay. Amadou, where do you have Dante Exum? Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like he should definitely be bumped up. I just hope you know he can succeed in the league after coming back from some injury issues in Utah. But like Zach said, that Minnesota game was crazy. Oh, that was a crazy game. But floor spacing slasher, it's an interesting one. I feel like it kind of does fit him well. But for the Cavs, he's an oversized guard that can bring defense and some decent backup minutes um, for the point guard position, that backup point guard position. 73, 74, 75. I feel like all of that is in the same area. You know, maybe one or two stats will change that. So at a 73, I'm not, I'm not hating it. So... All right, we'll move on to number 11 on the list, three-point specialist archetype, Dylan Windler. I really don't know what you rate Dylan Windler. 2K gave him a 71. We haven't seen the guy play yet, but he was a first-round pick. And I don't know. A seven, I, I don't know if him not playing at all last year factored into their decision to rate him so low, but I thought that he should have been a 73-74 at least. I, they usually they, they give a little bit more love to a first-round pick in most cases. Amadou, where are you at with Dylan Windler? All right, so for Dylan Windler, I feel like a 71 is about good. Again, we didn't really see him play much at all, actually, um, this past season. We did actually see him a little bit for the Ken charge, but uh, personally, as long as his three-point rating is high, uh, I think he'll be good. Zach, what are your thoughts there? Yeah, so first, it's too bad that Dylan Windler's out because when I made my uh, Across the Cavs Instagram, I made it because with my first post being about Dylan Windler's about to come back, but he never did. But I, it's tough. I mean, if you could rate players based on their senior seasons of college or whatever season they, they play, right, a junior for him, 
If you could rate them on their last year of college before they entered the NBA, I think that would be awesome because you're grading this great player against this NBA talent. Obviously, that's not the case. You're basically looking at their basic skills and breaking it down. I mean, three-point specialist sounds about right, although he does a lot more than that. I think he'll end up being a glass cleaner by the end of the year. But I'm all right with the 71. I mean, yeah, we don't we don't know what he's capable of or what he can get up to. So uh, better than – I mean, he should be Zizic level. I mean, I think that it's pretty clear that there is a Zizic fetish inside 2K headquarters. <laughs> but I'll live with a 71. Yeah, it's just – it's one of those things where, again, hard to rate somebody that you haven't seen play. But we'll move on here. At number 12, we're getting down into the, the deep end here. Matthew Delvadova, 70 overall, mid-interior playmaker archetype. Amadou, where are you at with the Matthew Delvadova? Well, a 70... What was it, a 71 you said? 70. 70, okay. Um, man, I don't know. 70 is interesting. I feel like he should be definitely... Okay, definitely over Ante. I feel like that, that's a definite... But it's just really kind of hard to rate a Matthew Delvadova because for most of the season, he just didn't play his best. And then towards the end, that's where he really started to light it up. Um, I think he had a couple plus eight assist games. A 70, I'd definitely say maybe a 72, 73. But overall, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be too hard on the rating. Yeah, I think that with, with Delhi, obviously we already, we, we can make a, Anantes is a joke out of any rating on here, but obviously as Delhi probably should be higher, should he probably be higher than Ante? Yes, but I think a 70 is appropriate. Somebody who's just kind of one of those those fringe players at this point. You know, he, he might be in the league next year, he might not. I think there's a good chance that he is, but looking at the season that he had, he did struggle a lot. I think that a 70 Zach, where are you at with that? Yeah, so first off, no, I mean, we all did dislike Ante Zizic, but I do wish him well. He made the NBA. It's not an easy thing to do. Only less than 500 people at a time play in this league in what's deemed the best in the world. So give him credit for getting there and lasting several years with the Cavs, I, I will say. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, anyone that knows me, and you guys know from my Twitter that Matthew Delavadova is my favorite basketball player. So when you tell me that he's a 70, I'll say he should be a 99. I mean, it, it, when I get 2K21, if I move on from 2K20, then I'm probably going to uh, edit all his ratings and make sure that I can do the, that when I play the Cavs online. Delhi is better than LeBron on the classic Cavs. But <laughs> uh, 70's fine. I mean, he didn't show too much. Yeah, he had a double-double. Which I think, if I'm correct, I haven't stat checked this, but I remember as a rookie, he had back-to-back double doubles and, a, and, a, and two straight wins, and he hadn't had a double double since his rookie year in Cleveland. At least he had a couple with the Bucks. Uh, what does he really do? Amazingly, he's a great floor general. He's a great passer. He's got a great floater, but you can't grade a floater as a skill, unfortunately. Uh, I I have a gripe with that personally, with the way I play basketball myself. But I'm, I'm all right with a 70. As long as he's at least a BB plus on a perimeter defense and his passing and basketball IQ are high, that's all that matters to me. I think that he, it, it, when you play with him, you can help him you can play above his rating, but the number itself's not pretty, but I do think it's fair given the season he had. 
we'll move on now. On to number 13 on the list, Alfonso McKinney, three-level scorer archetype, another 70 overall. Amadou, where are you with Alfonso? Three-level scorer is interesting. Um, didn't really show much of that with the Cavs last season. But a 70 again, another one that I'm just not really going to nitpick. Didn't play all that much with the Cavs. He did get a nice extension. I like that the Cavs did extend him. Defensively, you know, he did provide for us, but not really much to say. I like Alfonso a lot, but three-level scorer as an archetype is interesting. It's very, very interesting. Yeah, I see him more as a slasher type than a a three-level scorer. I think that, again, 70 is appropriate for him. He's kind of in that that deli range as far as player tiers go on the Cavs in particular. Zach, what do you think of Alfonso? So I like him a lot as a player. Uh, I don't like it when he has to start at power forward, though, because it means the Cavs are extremely shorthanded. One of the games I went to, that was the case against the Knicks, and Julius Randle basically treated him like a donut breakfast. He just went up for seconds and thirds and fourths and fifths, and he just never stopped. But he can score uh, when he needs to. He can. He's a great slasher. I agree. That should be his archetype. He's very limited range from the three-point line. But I think he's a good defender. I think he's a very good dunker. I don't think that gets talked about much. His ability to, to throw down at the rim. But I'm all right with a 70. I mean, I'm personally annoyed that when I play as the Cavs right now, he's not on the active roster. They, they slipped Jordan Bell ahead of him after they signed him. But not Really? Yes. Yeah, so they, they have Jordan Bell as, as one of the actives, so you don't have McKinney, which kind of throws me off. I can't play super small with him. But no, I, I like McKinney's rating there. I think he... Doesn't have much of a chance to go up. I think his minutes are limited next year. But having been a part of both the Raptors and Warriors organizations, I think he'll be a good mentor for the Cavs next year. So that's not going to go into his 2K rating, but I like that for for the real team. Yeah. We got two left. We'll start with the higher of the two, Dean Wade. Inside-out score archetype, 70 overall as well. Zach, where do you have Dean Wade as? I like how you're emphasizing the, the name Dean, so it doesn't sound like D-Wade, which, <laughs> you know, it's funny. There's only been two D-Wades in the history of basketball, and the Cavs have had both of them. So, I mean, that, that just... Two Cleveland legends. Cleveland legends, D-Wade and D... You don't need the other letters to identify which the legend is. It's both of them. No. I, I actually really like Dean Wade. At uh, the one game, that same game I went to, I'm not trying to just keep bringing that back. Dean Wade did get in, and he played pretty well. I mean... There's a Dean Wade card where he's a 96 overall, and I don't quite understand why that exists. I mean, I like him a lot, but I'm confused. There's a 92 and a 96 Dean Wade card available. I'm all right with this 70. I don't know why he's tied with Delhi, though. I mean, this is where I don't get it. I know that the ends of rosters are all going to be low, but why are you making a guy that played like maybe 15 games and spent the year in the G League the same as a guy that was putting up double-doubles to end the regular season from the point guard position. I mean, I like Dean Wade. We'll hear from Amadou in a sec. I think he can shoot the ball very well, but he hasn't proven anything at the NBA level yet. Why, why is he already a 70? Amadou is having some technical difficulties, so we uh, we lost him on the chat as Mike is cut out. But um, we'll just we'll finish up here with, with Dean Wade and Matt Mooney. Dean Wade, I think, is... Yeah, I, I, I'm... Not outraged at his rating. I think 70 is fine. I think, personally, I think he should have been a 69. Again, I don't think he's on the same level as Delia and McKinney, who have both proven to be legitimate players. I don't think Dean Wade has proven that yet. I really like his game, and I really think he can become a real player for the Cavs, but 
69 is would I think be I think that would be appropriate for him. Nice. And uh, yeah. we'll, we'll finish out here with Matt Mooney, Zach. 68 overall, another floor spacing slasher. Where do you think Matt Mooney should fall? Yeah, so if I watched Canton charge games on the reg, uh, on, the, on the regular, I'd probably say he should be higher. I, I can't say that uh, in where I am, I can really get access to the Canton charge the same way I can the Cleveland Cavs. However, from what I saw in that game against the Bulls, the only time he got regular minutes, I think this sounds about right. I think that he's a guy who can make some jumpers, but he's not going to impact the game in a big way. I mean, he didn't get on the roster until I think a week and a half before the stoppage. He was on a 10-day contract, so I don't know what his situation even is. He, he might, he's one of these guys, uh, Justin, that's going to be part of the longest 10-day contract in NBA history because he signs for 10 days, then play stopped, and they weren't having work days or NBA days for the contract to count. So that, I think he's still on a 10-day contract from the end of February. It's September, by the way. So I, I don't know what his roster situation is going to be for next year, but I'm, I'm cool with the 68. I mean, he has a great name, Matt Mooney. I have a good friend named Matt Mooney, so I can make jokes about it as a Cavs fan, but give him a 68. That's fine with me. I think technically they made like the 10 guys free agents, the 10-day guys free agents, because when there was that free agency opening window before oh, the bubble, yeah. I think that they made all of those 10-day guys available. So, well, he was one of those people who was a part of the longest 10-day contract of all time, I think, that has ended. That's all we got. That's every player on the Cavs, plus Ante Zizic. Zach, any final thoughts about the Cavs roster and 2K as a whole? Yeah, I'm looking forward to see whoever they draft, where they end up being rated, and if it changes any of our thoughts, let's say they draft someone, they end up being a 77, why are they higher than Kevin Porter Jr., Darius Garland, etc., etc. But I look forward to watching the draft when it does eventually happen and seeing how they rate it, because it just seems different teams' role players are rated differently to how the team plays. So I'm very curious to see how that plays out. I think that's a good point. And, uh, and a lot of the changes, a lot of the ratings didn't change. We had a few change, but I think I've seen them say that the bigger changes are going to come once next season starts. So maybe by that point we can do another one of these videos, or not videos, but podcasts, one of these recordings where we'll see some more, you know, rating changes. But as of right now, I think, you know, there, there are some points that aren't as good. But overall, I think they did an okay job. So uh, we'll wrap it up there. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. If you enjoyed listening, leave a good review, leave a rating, five stars, subscribe, anything else that you do to a podcast that you enjoyed. And uh, thank you so much, Zach, for joining Thank you, Amadou, even though you cut out for coming on. It was fun having both you guys. Great to be here. And uh, what were you saying? Great to be here. And uh, I'll, I'll say, you know, shout out to Amadou. Uh, great having him on, too, uh, on being here with you and with Amadou. And uh, sorry that we can't hear a proper farewell because of the technical difficulties. Yep. All right. Well, uh, that's it. So uh, we'll see you guys. See you guys soon. If you have an existing podcast or are looking to launch your own pod but aren't sure where to start, the team at My Podcast Manager can help. Our podcast team works behind the scenes so you can do what you do best, 
will help you launch your podcast, make it sound great, and free up your time for the more enjoyable parts of podcasting. If you're ready to put your podcast editing, production, and promotion on autopilot with a trusted team of podcasting professionals, visit mypodcastmanager.com to get started. Thank you for listening to Cavalier Central. Be on the lookout for another episode coming soon.